This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torber. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influencers, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. This week, Instagram has been all about influencer baby news. So we're waiting on Steph Claire Smith to give birth. Sky Wheatley's had her baby. However, for you, Sophie, you were kind of planning a birthday party for your baby, but it's actually a dog. Yeah, that's right. On Friday, it was my Cocker Spaniel Archie's first birthday. And I was never actually intending to be one of those people who held a birthday party for him. But I kind of got talked into it because I'd ordered a cake. (laughs) And then I thought, well, why not get some balloons? You know, he has an Instagram following. I thought it'd be a cute little photo opportunity. It just snowballed from there. Yeah, it spiraled out of control. But it was quite embarrassing because I went to Big W to pick up some balloons and you have to go in now. You can't even order well, over the phone, which I found quite surprising. Well, these aren't just any balloons that you blow up. These are helium balloons. Yeah, they were helium balloons. So I wanted to get a gold one and then some of the glitter balloons to accompany it. Oh, that sounds good. So I thought it sounded a bit fancy. So I went in there. And unbeknownst to me, an American company actually supplies Big W's balloons. So because of COVID, they literally had slim pickings and there were no number ones left. And I could tell that this girl thought that I was planning, you know, a normal baby's first birthday. So she was trying to help me, you know, figure out what else I might need instead. And I didn't have the heart to tell her it was for a dog. So I just kind of went along with it and ended up getting a, a rainbow ensemblement, which I thought looked quite nice. Ensemblement. Ensemble, sorry. <laughs> I love that you're actually not alone in this, though, because we had a thread going in our Facebook community about whether you throw a birthday party for your dog. And so many people do. And the effort they went to, it was making me feel bad for not doing more. I mean, Shadow, my dog, did have a birthday party at Doggy Daycare. However, some of the parties I saw, they were giving out like party bags and they had this whole thing down at the park. I'm thinking, I've got to do something like this for Shadow. Well, I feel like there's really a trend of millennials treating their pets as though they are humans because a lot more women are having kids later in life. So they are Mm. treating their pets as if they are babies. There was a point at the party where everyone was watching Archie open his gifts and everyone was like, oh my gosh, how cute. And it just was like, I feel like someone needs to have a kid so we can actually enjoy this without it being socially unacceptable. Fashion brand Glasson suffered a major PR fail this week after sharing a sneak peek into the reality of where its clothes are manufactured. In an attempt to highlight Glasson's apparent sustainability, the brand introduced their followers to the men and women behind the scenes who make the clothes. The PR stunt backfired, with many customers questioning how much its workers were being paid, while some even accused the brand of greenwashing its customers. Now, Sophie, a lot has gone down online. Can you tell us what's happened? Well, it all started when Glassons shared a couple of photos to their Instagram account, which showed a number of their workers holding up signs that read, I made your clothes. And they shared a caption speaking about how transparency is a cornerstone to their ethical responsibility. And basically that it's really important for their customers to know where the clothes are being made. The post also outlined that Glassons has been working with its supply partners for up to 20 years and also highlighted that its workers were based in China, India, Bangladesh, Vietnam and Turkey. 
It also said that those who wanted to find out more about their sustainability program could look into it on their website. So the post didn't really give much information. It seems as though they're saying that they're striving for transparency and they think that they're doing so by showing a couple of people's faces who make the clothes. However, the caption gave no detail about how much the workers were being paid, their working conditions, worker safety, the number of hours they work, and it didn't delve at all into the sustainability practices they have in place there. And a lot of people had a lot of questions regarding all of those things you've just pointed out that they really skimmed over. And what annoyed so many people was Glassons kind of came back with this very rehearsed line. And it was very confusing, their wording, because there was lots of talk about living wage and fair pay and all these sorts of things. But it was hard to know if you don't do a lot of research into what it actually means. Mm. Like they weren't willing to put a dollar figure on it which i suppose is hard because they do have factories in about five different countries well a lot of followers also pointed out that the workers looked incredibly unhappy to be in the photos it looked like they had been forced to have this photo taken Mm. oh that's the first thing i thought when i was scrolling through i'm like this is so awkward particularly there was a group of indian women who just looked like so upset they looked miserable and i was kind of thinking did they even know what was written on the card because mm. I, I was almost thinking is the the wording photoshopped on or were they Probably. literally holding like a blank piece of paper and i think what's most disturbing is someone pointed out in the comments that these photos have been doing the rounds for a couple of years now and actually weren't unique to glasses so they've actually been featured on other factories websites and marketing material Okay, those photos actually originated from the Who Made My Clothes movement. And this movement began after a collapse of a factory in Bangladesh. And this collapse happened over five years ago. So some of the photos could be up to five years old. When I saw those photos pop up in my feed, I had this moment of deja vu because I was thinking, I have seen them Mm. before. So it's so transparent that they're recycling the images to appear as though they are doing the right thing. And I'm really interested for us to take a deeper look into their response when followers asked about how much workers were being paid. So they said, we are committed to fair wages for all workers who make our clothes. Our definition of a fair wage is that all workers earn above minimum wage. By supporting decent, regular, fair paid employment, we can actively promote effective trading relationships that influence wage levels. As a company, we support living wage and use anchor methodology and Asia floor wage to calculate living wage benchmarks. What does that actually mean? Because there's a lot of strange words being, oh, we support this. Do you actually do it? Particularly also because the question that they responded to was saying, oh, we know that you pay your workers a dollar an hour. So it's pretty interesting that they did not want to put a figure on what a living wage Mm. actually is. Mm. That's so true. I feel like before we get into that, we have to define for everyone what is a living wage versus a minimum wage. So a living wage is defined as remuneration received for a standard work week by a worker in a particular place sufficient to afford a decent standard of living for the worker and her or his family. So elements of a decent standard of living include food, water, housing, education, healthcare, transport, clothing, and other essential needs, including provision for unexpected events. So then when we look at a minimum wage, it's very different because it's the average wage paid in that country. So it's important to point out that 
Minimum wages differ significantly between different countries. So on the other end, a minimum wage is very different as it's the average wage paid in that country. So it's important to point out that minimum wage differs significantly between different countries. So although Glassons is a New Zealand brand, they are not paying their workers the equivalent New Zealand minimum wage. So they are Mm. obviously receiving the minimum wage of that country where the factory is located. When you compare a minimum wage to a living wage, you would assume because the living wage is a step up that it would be quite decent. However, when you take a look at Bangladesh, for instance, where Glassons have a factory, workers are paid around a dollar an hour. And then when you take a look at India, where they also have a factory, on average, they're earning about 95 cents an hour. So that is very low. And that is apparently the living wage. So I would hate to think what minimum mm. wage in these countries would look like. Well, now that we actually know the distinction between the living wage and the minimum wage, and the fact that Glassons has tried to allude in their response to followers that they support a living wage. When you actually take a deeper look into the sustainability page on their website, they do not pay living wage. They only pay minimum wage. So on their website, they confirm that because they don't own any of the factories that they produce their clothes in, it's very complicated for them to apparently allow their workers to have higher wages because they don't have that sort of control apparently. So therefore on the website, they actually confirm they pay workers a minimum wage, not a living wage. However, they use these buzzwords to kind of infer that they're taking steps to promote these sort of higher wages. I feel the language used on their social media is quite deceptive considering they said that they're committed to a fair wage. However, then you have to dig further on their website and find that that's actually not the case. Mm. And it really does bring us on to the topic of greenwashing, which Glassons has been accused by followers of doing. So for those who haven't heard of greenwashing, it's actually a form of marketing spin in which businesses try to persuade the public that their products are more ethical than they are. So many brands use greenwashing as a way to repair public perception of their brand It's really all about ticking a box without actually following through because it's quite obvious that many young people are striving to make more conscious decisions about their consumption and it's very trendy at the moment to be green. Yeah, and it's also where companies make bold statements about things that they're going to do in the future. So it's like, oh, by 2050, we're going to do this. And it's like, well, that's in 30 years time. So it's tricking people into thinking, oh, this brand's actually doing the right thing when they're actually not doing the right thing at the moment. And it's very interesting that they've used this green approach because it's quite clear that young women are very concerned about the environment Mm. and are wanting to reduce their own carbon footprint. However, I think the most disappointing thing is that a lot of these brands are very much virtue signaling and doing the bare minimum, which scarily, it seems like Glassons is probably one of the better brands. However, when you say better, then really doing bare minimum. Mm. I don't think that necessarily they're a better fast fashion brand in regards to sustainability on being ethical, I think they've got a better marketing team and a better Mm. marketing spin behind them. They obviously know that if they have a whole page on their website designated to sustainability and they throw in a couple of these key buzzwords and make it really difficult for people to actually decipher what they're saying, they're going to appear as though they're doing the right thing. 
Well, I actually think they might be using this greenwashing language as an attempt to repair their public perception because in 2015, Glassons received D's and F grades in an ethical fashion report, which was commissioned for not-for-profit organization Baptist in Tear Fund. And this report actually began after the 2015 factory collapse in Bangladesh, where 1,100 workers were killed. And what's really interesting is they weren't the only brands that received D's and F's. Just Jeans, Portman's, JJ's, Peter Alexander, Dotty, Valley Girl, Industry and Tempt all received D's and F's. It is a difficult one because it's quite clear that Glassons have taken on board that feedback because they scored a B plus in the same report in 2019 and they since have been recognized by the same not-for-profit organization for their commitment to protecting workers, particularly during the pandemic. They've also put out their own sustainability report, which is 65 pages long, and they do outline their commitment to being sustainable, which I think is really promising. It was interesting you say that, Kate, because from what I've read, a lot of the reports for this non-for-profit can actually be manipulated by the brand. So it seems that Glasson's grade has gone up because they've actually been providing more information to the non-for-profit about their sustainability practices. So it's really hard to to actually identify where these brands sits in terms of what they're actually doing. Uh, you know, are they really doing all they can do? I'm in such two minds about Glassons because as you mentioned, Kate, they obviously are putting measures in place to become more sustainable. There are question marks over whether that purely is for marketing. And Amy, as you say, whether they are misleading the people who are putting these results together. However, I think there are brands that are doing a lot worse than them. But as Glassons touched on on their website, it is a really complex industry and a complex matter. While obviously there's a massive issue overall for this fashion industry, at least as consumers, we are beginning to put pressure on brands and we're seeing that reflected back in the marketing. And I think it's really important as consumers that we are becoming aware of what greenwashing is and the sort of buzzwords to look out for, you know, that may raise your attention and say, hey, I actually don't think that this brand is doing that much. Or this simply doesn't make sense. Because once people followed Glassons up with questions and then they put their bullshit PR comment out, it was quite clear that they're trying to confuse everyone. Mm. Oh, for sure. La Croix, sweetie. It's all right, isn't it? It's a bit tight, maybe. It's all right, isn't it? You know, people will think, wow, it's a La Croix. Okay? I just can't find anything to go with it, that's all. Maybe I could throw up on something for you. this. Oh, I see someone already has. Genius. Let's get into the influencer rap. And on Thursday, Danny Mansudi revealed she's back in London amid the easing of the lockdown restrictions in the UK. This was very controversial considering the fuss that she made to get back to her family in Melbourne. Now, for those who aren't aware of who Danny Mansudi is, she actually grew up in, well, she was born in the UK and then she spent her teenage years in Melbourne. But she left, I think, about five years ago and vowed to never come back to Australia because she had a lot of fallings out with a lot of different influences. And it was only in February when she accused the Australian government of turning its back on her when she tried to return back to Melbourne but had a lot of difficulty doing so and it was tra- it was very transparent that she did not want to stick to the 
big lockdown that was happening in the UK and wanted to flee home to Australia. Oh, and she did flee because she took a month-long hiatus from social media and then suddenly popped up in Melbourne and had not documented any of the process. What's interesting, she returns now that the lockdown is easing in the UK. Some people actually said she's chasing summer because the weather has been really good in the UK recently. Well, for those who aren't aware, on April 12th, everything in the UK started reversing back. So suddenly people were allowed to go to gyms again. People were allowed to go um, visit friends outside, go to the hairdresser. So it is really transparent that she's gone back home basically to have the benefits, as you say, Kate, of a summer and also the new freedom that they can have over there. Well, I actually don't get how she can actually return back to the UK. Well, due to the COVID-19 restrictions, Australian citizens can only leave Australia if they have an exemption. However, if you're considered an ordinarily resident, you are exempt from travel restrictions and can leave Australia without applying for an exemption. So basically, people are considered ordinarily residents to a country other than Australia if international movement records show they've spent more time outside of Australia than inside for the last 12 to 24 months. So she's lived in the UK for about five years now, so she could prove okay well I'm an Australian resident but I've lived mostly in the UK so she doesn't have to prove any sort of exemption for going back however she would then have to go through the rigorous process if she does want to come back that she went through earlier in the year and she did actually allude in the rather long caption that she wrote that she will be returning to Australia so she wrote and I will be back very very soon it's time to wrap it up here and get ready for chapter two so I'm assuming that she is going to be bringing back her possessions as well as her pug beans there was also a lot of controversy around Danny in regards to her dog bean so a lot of people were wondering whether he was doing okay who was looking after him so in the photo she did share a couple of selfies with beans which was good to see I was interested that she also mentioned some ongoing health issues that she's still battling and I am interested to see if she opens up about those in a vlog because again she did hint that she's going to be doing a very big vlog to let everyone know what's been going on because she hasn't been active on her um, YouTube for over two months now. Can I just say I feel like her choice of photo was quite bad though to announce her return back to the UK because it was her sitting out at a beautiful cafe with an Mm. Aperol spritz and it kind of just looked very superficial as though she was back there for the nightlife. And I don't know, I just feel like I would have been mindful of what photo I mm. was selecting. But to be fair, she's celebrating because the UK have been in such a long lockdown Lockdown while she's been in Australia. Yeah, but she fled hasn't. the lockdown. Yeah, so now she's back to let I know. It but, but there are so ha- many celebratory posts going on. I actually feel so sorry for people in Australia who have family over in the UK who they are incredibly concerned about and also who they have not been able to visit for a year and see face to face. And they are seeing this very privileged influencer flitting back and forth and using the fact that she is a dual citizen to her advantage. Well, it's also, I feel very sorry for the Australians that are stuck in the UK that can't get back. And she's taken the spot of one of those people on one of these flights. And then she's only been here for two months and has gone back as soon as lockdown. I just think, I mean, I understand she hasn't actually broken any of the rules, but morally, I don't really think it's right to be traveling during the pandemic for something frivolous. Like, yes, I know she needed to, she wanted to see her family. However, I feel like, you know, we're seeing Perth had a lockdown last week and the virus is escaping through these medi hotels. Mm. And it's obvious that travel is something that we should try and avoid if possible mm. to stop the spread of the virus. Yeah. 
Well, we might actually get more of an idea as to why Danny travelled to Australia and back to the UK because she is, as Kate said, meant to be opening up about her health struggles. So I feel it's hard to completely judge her when we don't know everything that's going on. I think my issue with it is that she seems to have been using her mental health as an excuse to kind of do what she pleases. And I feel like, yes, of course, if she is genuinely struggling with mental health issues, I feel very sorry for her. However... There's a lot of people in the UK that are struggling with mental health issues, but they just they don't have the funds nor the I suppose the power to just go and be able to get a flight home and then come and, back and, whenever and they the feel thing. like it. That's just so true because like I more have an issue. I feel like Danny is the face of this issue at the mm. moment and the issue was is a broader issue of people who have money and people who have status who mm. are being favoured in this situation it's just incredibly unfair and And I I get that but she's just got the spotlight on her doesn't it because it's probably happening every day to rich people who people don't know who they are as I said she's the face of the issue rich people aren't promoting it so she's going onto her platforms and being like making normalising the fact that she's been able Mm. to travel home and then travel back and it's all good if I was her I would have actually documented the shit side of the traveling and all of the protocols in place because that would actually be interesting for followers who are making a similar journey back themselves but instead we just Mm. see this glamorous photo pop Mm. up of her in another country again yeah well well, probably it might be in a new vlog but i'd love to hear what everyone else thinks so head to our community page and tell us what you think i'm gonna give that woman a piece of my mind goodness please calm down no peter i will not be becalmed we have had and i never thought i'd utter these words the holiday from hell Typical. My first complaint is that there's no one to complain to, which in itself is a pretty serious complaint. Well, moving on, an OG influencer, Loz Curtis, got a lot of people talking, funnily enough, about her jumper. She jumped on her Instagram story to put some makeup on and have a bit of a chat. And this is what she said. I'm also not going, I am anticipating questions about this jumper. A brand sent it to me without asking me first. I now screen everything before it gets sent because most of the stuff is not of interest to me and I don't want to be wasting their own product. So they sent it without asking and it is a YouTuber's brand that I do not want to support. So I unstitched the branding, even the tag, because I was going to give it away because I didn't want to wear someone else's merch plus the person I don't, I'm not interested in supporting. Um, but then I thought it's actually really comfy and soft, so I am going to keep it. Anyway, uh, yes, I'll leave the brand up to your imagination. But if you do want a jumper like this, they're everywhere online, like Boohoo and Misguided, if you do like it. Well, this was all very interesting because Loz Curtis doesn't have a reputation for causing controversy. She kind of stays out of any sort of public Mm. fight. So it seemed like she was quite keen to point out that she did not support this YouTuber. And I've been doing a bit of research. We had a chat in the community and a lot of people think that this is James Charles's merch. Yeah, she was definitely throwing shade, wasn't she? Because... Most people have already worked out it's James Charles. She would know that. She knows that her followers are quite cluey. It seems interesting to even mention the jumper. Yeah, why wear it? Like, if you know you're going to get questions about it, surely you would just not wear it. Or why would you go to the effort of unstitching the branding? Mm. Not Why wouldn't you just do a Beck Judd and drop it off at Vinny's? Yeah, exactly. 
If anything, it really promoted the jumper because she said, oh, amazingly comfortable. It actually it did look so comfy. <laughs> I really admire the fact that Loz Curtis is so particular about what she receives from brand and influencers, particularly after our big conversation around sustainability in the fast mm. fashion industry. I just find it so fascinating that she has used this hook to potentially take aim at James Charles and the conversations and rumors that have been swirling about him talking to underage boys. I just wouldn't have thought this would be something that she would want to engage herself with. Yeah. Well, do you think that she purposely brought it up or do you think that maybe she's just doing a Q&A and it was off the cuff that she mentioned it? I definitely think it was intentional because... She was being quite open and honest with the whole conversation she was having. She even called out her skin doctor for trying to get her to promote his brand of skincare. So I think maybe she's just sick of the whole YouTube influencer mm. world and is being pretty honest about it all. Yeah, well, I love a bit of honesty online. Aha, the Kraken awakes. Did we disturb you, Father Hackett? Ice biscuits! <laughs> what? Dare you speak to his grace like that? Apologize immediately! <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't worry, we will be discussing all the baby news with Sky Wheatley and Steph Claire Smith on Friday's episode. At time of recording, Steph Claire Smith is still pregnant, so that might not be the case when this episode drops, but I'm so excited to find out all the names and all the details. Well, Sky's already putting up that she's tossing up between Wild and West for the middle name of the baby. No, no news yet on its first name. As I said, we are recording on Sunday night, so this might change come Tuesday when this is released. Yeah, and if you did like the episode, can you please go leave us a review? And also, please share where you're listening from because we love seeing you guys on your walks with your dogs or cooking. And you can find us in our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community, and we'll be chatting about all of the issues on today's show in there. 